Hello, and welcome to the Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League podcast with me, Matt Ford. And me, John Richardson. Matthew, we've been sent an email about the Spurs Stadium. Can I just stop you? I know I hate to stop you early, John. Yeah, go on. I feel we need to set up two things. I think two things. I think there's a sense of jeopardy around this podcast. Is there? Um, Yes. Is there? Yes. I have a Tesco delivery coming. At some oh. point. Now, it, it's we're recording this at 20 past nine in the morning. It's due between 10 and 11. They often come early. So th- there is a chance that this broadcast will be interrupted by a live Tesco delivery. And yes. I'm happy to bring that live on the podcast. We should also let people know, John, that you, you are in a hotel. Um, yeah. That I, I, yeah. When I first saw you on the webcam there, if you had to ask me, I'd have said you're either in New York or the Intercontinental Hotel Park Lane. Yes. Let everyone know where you are. I am in Southend-on-Sea, um, where I performed last night at the Cliffs Pavilion Theatre. Uh, thank you to everybody there. Um, and it's, it's a nice hotel. It was a long wait for the old vegan breakfast this morning, not going to lie to you. And last oh, time wow. I was here, the vegan breakfast featured uh, scrambled tofu Lovely. and smashed avocado with a little bit of chilli in there. Mm-mm. And obviously the vegan demand has gone down. And this morning it was... Just veggie sausage and hash brown. That sounds nice, though. Any beans? Uh, a few beanie beans, bit of toast, yeah. but no vegan spread, so no margarine. Um, oh. So I poured the beans onto the toast to yeah. act as a sort of lubricant. I basically made posh beans on toast with sausage and hash brown. And John, just just one more question. I don't want to. I know we got this email about the Spurs Stadium that we do have to come on to. Yes. Look, well, look, these these emails. You know, these I, I release these emails for the benefit of the audience. You know, it's nothing to do with my. You keep asking about my circumstances. I want to make it clear that it's nothing. My salary or where I am or what I'm doing is really none of your business. Here he is, Isabel Joke Shot, um, having a lovely satirical dig at the uh, the, uh, well, the, 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 the podcast. But it's also, you know, these are two smart guys who are who are up with the news, and they reserve the right to satirise the country at will. Question is, what are they doing in your hotel room <laughs> now? Um, is it is a dilemma? So check in. I check in yesterday. Oh, hang on, I think this might be the Tesco man ringing me. Hold on. Never. Thirty-five Hello. minutes early. That's offensively early. I'd Hello, mate. Oh, yes, that'd be lovely. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Well, breaking news. That is the Tesco delivery guy. They often come early. and That's too early. It is too early. It's going to drive the neighbours mad. We live in a flat and they often complain. But look, we are where we are. Well, like I check in yesterday. I come out of the lift to get to my room. Somebody's had room service on my floor. You'd presume, wouldn't you, the night before? If you see the tra- the tray's still out, so housekeeping haven't taken it, you'd think, well, that- I'm checking in 3 p.m. Somebody's had dinner last night. Um, I-, I can see what they've had. They've had pasta. They've not enjoyed it. There's half of it left. Okay. They've ordered a bottle of red. Ooh. Yeah. They've yeah. had mm, one glass out of the red, maybe two. Okay. And the, the bottle, still with the lid screwed on, is on the tray. Hey, that wine's still good. That's basically two-thirds of a bottle of perfectly good red wine there. Yes. Do you trouser that wine, or do you assume they have done something disgusting to it, or do you just have the dignity to leave it and try and move on without needing alcohol in your life every day? What do you do? Well, firstly, I would presume that they ordered it shit-faced, had a glass and passed out. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, there we they go. They were already drunk. They've gone, let's have some food and wine. And then actually by the time it's arrived, they're groggy. So did you yeah, take the wine? from experience. Yes. Uh, I didn't take the wine. Oh, um, God. Largely because I sort of always have a bottle of red wine. With me on tour, I've always got your emergencies in the tour bag. You've got your pot noodle, your bag of nuts, your, uh, your cup of soups, things like that. Emergency bits of food and snackage. Good boy, um, thank you, Daddy. Um, you are so clever. You you know you are an you are an example to us all, John. You really are. You you definitely live life better than most. Thank you. And I don't just mean that in a sort of classy way. What I mean is, you are just well prepared. You think things through. You consider the thoughts and feelings of others. You are a very good man. Do you want to know the level of uh, preparation that's gone into this tour? I have bought a little single ring hob. Did I tell you this the other week? Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought a little single ring hob and I told my tour manager, I said, I'm really excited because I bought a single ring hob. And he said, oh, well, I look forward to you setting all the fire alarms off in all the hotels we're staying in. And that shit me up so much, I haven't been able to bring it with me. I'm scared to use it in case the, having the hob on does trigger the fire alarm in the hotel. Okay, one, it was... I can see the Tesco man coming out the window. Oh, disgusting. I live in a flat. I live in a first floor flat. Um, and he, I can see him pushing it towards me. I would love it if we heard a little glimpse. Put it there and leave. Shall I, uh, the I can angle the microphone. Board. I'll see if he's chatting. They, are, they do tend to be very friendly men. And I've already got, John, and, and you'd be proud of this, I've already moved... When I wake up on a Saturday, i am already moved my uh, bags near the front door so that when it arrives no mucking about i don't waste his time the bags are ready i load them up thank you very much good night so what are we going to be listening to here is there is there fresh meat and things arriving that need to go straight in the fridge no meat no there'll be dairy produce but i'm happy to leave that out i don't want to interrupt the broadcast we're both busy guys um, you're gonna leave your dairy out for for upwards of half an hour well, okay i might put the yogurt in the fridge yeah. You're going to tip the driver? Do you know what? I forgot to get cash out this morning. It's that awful thing. Perhaps a signed book. Perhaps this is the opportunity to give him the old the old signed uh, beer. I can't do that. He won't know who I am. He will when you give him a signed photograph. They'll all know. Oh, You're a Tesco delivery driver in London. Have you gone to that mad f***er who gives you an autograph? Let me have a look. I've got some... Uh, I've got a House of Commons paperweight or some eczema cream. <laughs> <laughs> Merge the two together. Actually, I've got some signed... Uh, I've got signed photos of the... 1980 Forest European Cup winners. Give him one of the one of the prints off the wall. My that Stuart Pearce England shirt you got me. Yeah, you could. Can't you could give him that. that. No, no, that's a that is a prized possession. No, I think what you've got to, you've just got to be so polite that the tip is basically just what a nice guy you were to deal with. Where is yeah. he now then? I don't know. Where's he disappeared to? He said you could see him. Now he's gone. He's taken a tumble yeah. on the stairs. I say, or oh, one of your neighbours has grabbed him. It's too early. Tell him to order it at one o'clock. Hold on, let me have a little listen. Let me check. He might have knocked and I might not have heard it. Hold on. You're listening to Comedians Receiving Groceries Live. You might have gone through the wrong door. Oh, bloody hell, that's going to wind people up, innit? He's up there banging on everyone's door. Half past nine on a Saturday morning. Mr Ford, no, he's down the corridor. Tell him to go and do his own sodding shopping like everybody Here else in this block. Here comes. Here he comes. There's the door. Here we go. Whoop, whoop. Thanks so much. That's what he's going to say. He's going to say, thanks so much. Oh, it's gone very quiet, hasn't it? What's in the shopping? We're all picturing it. I think a 48 pack of crisps. 
We all know he's got a tofu addiction. How many boxes of tofu? Thank you very much. What if he gets, what if the guy just batters him now and we have to listen to it? Oh God, I'm sorry about the stairs. Oh God. This guy doesn't know he's on our podcast now. Is this legal? We're now broadcasting the voice of a man. I mean, this man's turned up to deliver groceries. Now he's broadcasting to upwards of 17 fans of FPL. You just made your CPFBL debut, my friend. I hope someone recognises him. I hope he goes down the pub this week and someone says, I heard you on the CPFBL podcast. Perhaps we should ask him for tips. We don't really do a lot of FPL. Here's your groceries, mate. Yeah, would you um, would you captain Saka or Haaland this week? City have obviously got Newcastle. Yeah, I'd just here to give you your food, mate. And next time, if you could get dressed when I arrive. Thank Almost you. There. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. I told you. Oh, f***ing that was a bloody ordeal. Hello there. Go on then, talk us through it. Um, oh, can I put the yoghurt in the fridge? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Th based on your advice. Uh... What yoghurt is Matt Ford buying? Is it that far, yeah? Posh Greek stuff? Or is it, I think when he says, can I put my yoghurt in the fridge, what we're looking at here is a giant bag of froobs. Just lobbing froobs into his fridge now. <sighs> Well, the raspberry okay, one. Hello there. Hello. hello there. What yogurt do you buy? Um, low fat Greek natural yogurt. Oh yeah, I went wrong then. I said that Faye stuff. Good way to start the day. I mean, I tell you, the first thing you know when you used to get in a regular shop, you notice the things that aren't there, and there's a lack of crisps this week. Oh, I talked. I was trying to speculate on what you had. I said, "Oh, go on then. Tell me, tell me your guesses." Hula hoops. No, we go for like um, hippies and pop chips and things oh. like that. You are such London tossers. You have, do you know everyone so listening? In everyone listening in Nottingham and I is like, "What's happened, me duck? Where's he gone? He's down there now in that there London. You know, he has bloody. You know what his crisps are made out of? Chickpeas. I'm not ordering them from me, am I? That's bloody disgusting. This house is a coalition, John. Do you know what he has for his breakfast? Yogurt. Don't forget. It's very easy to forget looking at me, and because I take my medication daily, I actually have gout. <laughs> and low fat dairy plus fruit in the morning is, is good for it. That is basically medicine for me. Hey, you, you know what side of the coin I'm on? You're looking at a man banned from uh, Saturday Kitchen because he's too vegan. Too is vegan right? for the British public. So, you know, I'm on your side. I'm just saying that the people that grew up with you will be disappointed to hear that you have hippies delivered to your trendy London flat. I think your presumption that working class people don't like nice crisps, says a lot about the snobbery that you carry around, you vegans. I, I mean, I, I'd say that. This shop is almost entirely vegan. Any, any more guesses? Any more guesses on the shop? Uh, my final guess is going to be... Uh, I don't think you order sweet stuff because I think you don't want to have it in the house because you know you'll eat it. So I don't think there's any chocolate or bickies or anything. You're kind of close, but I do allow myself a little bit of dark chocolate. And we've started ordering... Nomo chocolate bars, which are dark chocolate, salted caramel, vegan chocolate bars. Yes, they are. 
Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> you said that in a, the perviest way possible. Yes, yeah. they are. Vegan chalky. Lovely. Somebody so, doesn't like cream. <laughs> so how I can be about your Tesco delivery. Yeah, it was good. Friendly guys, well, they're always very friendly. The Tesco Tesco fellas. Yeah, I I I was telling the listener that you do your there's a specific thank you you do when you feel guilty for having something delivered or being somewhere posh where you sort of you clutch at your t-shirt and you say, "Well, thank you very much." <laughs> It's a very specific thank you. That it's very polite. You very. I don't neat. know why I do that. I sort of. You, you, you're a nice gentleman, and you feel guilty because you know, in 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 this world, really, we shouldn't be having people who bring your food to your house because you can't be bothered to go and get it for yourself. Well, it's because I have a car. I can't carry it. Obviously, my hands are just decaying because of my nice hands. Got zombie flesh. I've been riding all week. Look, I love to go shopping, but that. Big Biro has not left this bloody hand. Look at that little blister there where the Biro's pressed <laughs> in. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's let's wheel back, because you were talking about, we were talking about the wine in the corridor. Yes. Didn't take it. Didn't take it. Tempted? Still there now. It's still there now. I come back from breakfast. It's still there. And did you clock the worry in terms of the hotel, really? What we're talking Pinot, Merlot, Chianti Classico. Well, I don't know. It looked like quite a nice wine. It was quite unpretentious, you know. It wasn't a busy bottle. That suggests to me it's quite nice. You know, it's quite a simple label. Nothing on the back. Do you remember the thing that got me into wine? I don't know if you remember this. Your first DVD, we did the director's commentary on it. Yes. Do you remember? Yeah, well, do you know, someone sent me a message this week saying... Um, buy milk. Buy milk. No way. Yeah, I got. Well, I probably haven't had one for two years, and then one came through this Holy week. Holy crap, that's great. Uh, if you've listened to the John's DVD commentary, you will know what that means. Um, but I got paid, basically. It was it was a cheap gig, wasn't it? But they sent me this. They said, oh, we'll send you some wine. I thought, oh, fine. You know, we basically sat in a booth, didn't we, with a crate of Peroni and some dips. Yeah. <laughs> Not just dips, Doritos and stuff. I just got pissed and watched it. It was really good fun. Um, they said I was sending some wine. I said, fine. I thought it was just be like one bottle. They sent me, do you remember, five bottles of red and five bottles of white? Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was Cote de Rhone. And it was the first time I'd ever sort of really Cote had. De what? I take back what I said about you being a London media wanker. <laughs> Seven what? four bottles of that Cote de Rhone and some Libfra milch. <laughs> Is that how I said it? <laughs> Cote de Rhone. I remember just thinking, oh, now this is why people drink wine. Oh, Do you know yeah. what I mean? I was like, oh, that's actually nice. Now, it's probably quite a cheap bottle, really, but I was just like, oh, my God, the difference between that and just the acrid red wine you'd get in a pub. Mm. And I, I, at that point, I knew my life had changed, really. I thought, I'm going to get into this stuff, and uh, and I have. Welcome to the Diamond Club. Welcome to the Diamond Club. So, talking of the Diamond Club, we've had yeah. an email, John, about yes. the Spurs Stadium. What's it say? Well, it says, hi, guys. Um, I was just listening to Matt describe in explicit detail how much he enjoyed his trip to watch Spurs beat Chelsea. 
for what I assume was the final of the Champions League based on the reaction of Spurs fans. Not mine. <laughs> Love that. Um, I just wondered what you guys thought about the recent news that Spurs will be building a karting track under their stadium after agreeing a deal with F1. White Cart Lane, Tottenham signed 15-year deal with F1 for in-stadium track to be built under the South Sand inside Spurs' ground. The world's first in-stadium electric karting facility. Well, I mean, they've, they've already got so much stuff down there. They? I mean, it, they've basically got an amazing cellar. They've got an NFL pitch and God knows what else. Mm. And now there's going to be an F1 thing. It's almost just like a sort of multi layered it's like a westfield of sport that place i'm all for it i think it's great but you hate it i don't know i'm just reading about it now i mean it's not it's it's a fun track isn't it it's not they're not going to be hosting like lewis hamilton there these sort of bloody sentences drive me mad we are extremely excited about what this long-term partnership with f1 will bring for our global national and local communities what's wrong with that Sod off. Well, it's just business talk about football, isn't it? I know, but also, you know what I think sometimes, John, is... You know what? I you know, oddly, I, I watched the film Tower Heist last night. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, what's it about? Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's Ben Stiller works in what turns out to be the Trump Tower that we walked past when we are in the Upper West Side of New York. And hmm. basically owned by a bad man, and they're going to rob him. But they do it on the day of the the Thanksgiving parade, and I don't, <laughs> it's I don't know these ten year old film reviews. I, I don't know if you, um, you know, when you're watching a film that's just fun and actually something deeper occurs to you. Mm. I thought, firstly, we don't really have these sorts of parades in in Britain, and you know, it's the big ones where they've got like a really big Kermit and a big Snoopy. And then I started to think through as I was, as I was watching it, the logistics of it. I was like, well, they must have to close the roads off around central park uh, uh, you know where broadway intersects um, yeah. at that at that um roundabout and where do they inflate them and i was just like the logistical challenge to just basically inflate a big snoopy and a big kermit i was like it, the whole city basically is agreeing let's just shut stuff down to have a bit of fun and i just thought isn't that amazing that that's part of their life and, and, and it's part of our life football is basically people going you know what i can't do anything else this afternoon i'm just going to go and have a bit of fun and then that's part of our society experience. I just thought it, it, that is brilliant, actually. That as serious as life is, when we get the chance, you, you know, political leaders will say, "Oh, we can't do that. We've got to have a bit of fun at the weekend." I just find that so reassuring. So, the, the, what brings me back to the point is, I just think the more fun, the better, and having a little go kart track <laughs> down there is a good thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you've won me round with the uh, so, somehow. This circuitous route we've been on, where we've like an F one track, lovely. Uh, we've chicaned around a Ben Stiller film about a heist through the logistics of inflating a giant Snoopy, and somehow now I don't mind that there's a go karting track underneath the Spurs Stadium. Also, I'm sure we will go to the Spurs Stadium because I really want to take you. I, I feel a sense of loyalty to that ground. Um, Do you? Well, I've been a couple of I just rave about it. I'm not one of those people that go, you know, it's my version of saying, you've got to go to Tuscany. No, you've got to. If you're going away, book it. Book it now. You've got to. It's that. I'm like, you've got to go to the Spurs Stadium. The beer fills up from the bottom, don't it? You know, it's that. It's just like, oh, my God. As somebody who loves football, it's such a cool place to watch football. It really is. I, I feel a sort of loyalty to Leeds to inherently dislike all other stadia. Oh, well, no, I, I truly believe, that certainly in contrast to any other Premier League football ground, that Forest is probably the loudest stadium in 
the top flight. And it, Elland Road is probably up there as well. I, I prefer our sorts of stadiums. But I think it's because what's amazing about the Spurs thing is it's so ahead of its time that you go, oh, my God. This is the sort of... You know what it is? I love America. So do you. When we go to watch sports in New York, we're like, oh, my God. You know, it's different. It's not necessarily better. It's just different. There's a novelty element to it. And also, and I think without being sort of too sociopolitical about this, I think football fans, because they're predominantly working class, get treated like dirt. And you're often forced to watch games in terrible circumstances, drenched in piss. And the fact that you can build a shrine to football that actually treats customers and fans like they're not animals is a positive thing. I would always rather watch it at the forest ground. I'd always rather watch it in a place that has a bit of edge and atmosphere. But you go, oh, you know what? The Spurs stadium is like um, a lazy boy. You go, oh my God. It's just more comfortable than other chairs. Yeah, but also, oh, look at the little thing that pops out. Yeah, go on, do it. There's a novelty element to it that I like. Okay. All right. I'm going to take you. And producer Danny, I mean, I don't know if Danny wants to come on mic. He's, uh, he's often the silent partner in this trio he is a Spurs fan um yeah Danny um I don't know if you want to activate audio um activated um how do you feel about the the way I'm describing the stadium do you agree absolutely not no it's ridiculous the whole thing isn't it what stick to what you're not good at playing football (laughs) dripping with disdain bye Okay, bye. <laughs> Danny, we should point out, is a football puritan. He doesn't even believe you should be served beverages at football. He thinks you should walk in, there's a football pitch, there's a game, and then you fuck off and you get drinks and you eat burgers yeah. on your own time. You should walk in, get spat out and pissed on. <laughs> Slap. So on FPL, John, I thought you'd beaten me this week. You did. You were very down last week, and I said to you, this isn't over. It wasn't over. I edged you 89 to 88. But So what happened? Did you take a minus four or something? No, I didn't take a minus four. I just, uh, I think you had Ramsdale in goal, and I think that was the difference because he played twice. Uh, yes. I had Melier in goal. He only played once, and I think Ramsdale ended up on 13 points. You had Martinelli, of course, who in the second Arsenal fixture, and we discussed Odegaard versus Saka. We did yeah. not discuss Martinelli, who um, no. was was key in the second. Did he score twice or he scored an assist? He ended up on 26 points. Do you know what it is? It's the bonus points. It's the bonus points for Ramsdale and Martinelli that have yes. tipped me over because I was behind until they were allocated. So there you go. That's sort of, we talk about 3D chess uh, never on this. Um, you know, when people say that in politics, and I know we've been quite politics, every, so we, for instance, Keir Starmer has appointed Sue Gray to be his new chief of staff. The guy's playing 3D chess. Oh, have you not heard that? No, I didn't know about that. It seems oh, it's so it's funny. It's a real. Isn't it? She's just brought down a prime minister. Now she's waiting for the other fella. Um, uh, that is a, an amazing ability to immediately channel what has absolutely been said. I mean, I, I was you, you off. So I've read nothing that. else over the last few days. People, moronic people. I've read all about old Case, mate, Simon Case. He's the one who got rid of that. I love the fact that they're trying to construct a conspiracy theory when there are photos of him drinking booze inside number 10. <laughs> so, like, counter to all the evidence. But. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. Something we were hopefully FPL related. We were having our yeah, it was, it was, it was FPL. I can't remember what I was saying now. So we're talking about bonus points, maybe. Um, oh, that was it. Three D chess. Oh, yeah. We was always playing three D chess, but all chess is three D, isn't it? Unless you're playing it on a computer. 
Yep, you've, you've uh, defeated your own argument there. Yes, I have, yes. I, I, I used a phrase, taught myself out what of What I've it. done, it's one of those weeks I don't mind losing because what I've done when I made my changes, I've sort of um, proofed myself against defeat. So I've put um, Tarkovsky in in the hope that I, I sort of can't lose because the I if if you beat me by a point because Tarkovsky scores zero because Everton takes such a hammering, that's absolutely fine with me. And uh, that's what's happened this week. Our relegation rivals, the, the other teams trying to claw their way out of the pit, Everton and Nottingham Forest, scored zero this week on account of absolute pastings for both. Yes. So have you have you made any transfers? When I went in last week to take the captaincy away from Rashford because I can't be having that, uh, I put in Tarkovsky. Um, and you've I've got you've transferred Rashford out. Oh no, you benched him. Benched him. Yeah, I didn't want to make any changes, so I've just put him on the bench. Um, okay. I'm happy for him to sit there. At some point, I think I've got a bench boost left. I'll, I'll click that. I'll log in and click that at some point. Um, just looking at uh, the stat pack, we, I did experiment you may remember john with with a musical um introduction to it yeah i'll tell you what why don't you give me a genre because because it's the stat pack you know and it's a it's a pun on rat pack yeah um i went for a kind of sinatra vibe but i wonder if um i shouldn't do that and if you give me a genre of music i will each week improvise a musical Lovely. introduction well then this week i'd like you to do it in the style of a sort of craft work style synth pop band okay well, that's just a model, isn't it? Is it? She's a model and she's looking good. It's the step pack. It's not the bread pack. There we go. So, I, I, I could have just... Oh, can I just... He's, doing, he's doing beatboxing. I didn't ask for that. Can... Well, I, I, I thought the initial start of it was very good, and you didn't give me any credit, so I just carried well, on. No, because, because you ripped off, you just started singing the model. Well, no, but I was doing that. I mean, I don't think I've ever beatboxed before, but it felt like I could do it. I don't, I don't understand it. Lucy very excitedly showed me the video this week of like the world beatboxing champion. And I, she was absolutely amazing. And for about 10 seconds, I was absolutely enthralled. And I was like, yeah, I get it. You're doing drum noises with your mouth. Well, it's like stomp, isn't it? A minute of it, you go, great. You go, you want to sit through an hour and a half of it? <laughs> and I, I hear it's similar it's about spitting image live. You, that is not true. No, I saw it. It's very well reviewed. Lucas this morning talking about how good it was. Yes, you shall have to come and see it. The voices were spot on, he says. Yes, he's very, um, very kind, and he's had some photos with the puppets. I mean, it's, I know I've, I, I'm one of the writers and the voice artists, but it really is. And I say this mainly just because spitting image itself is just an incredible thing. Seeing them live is batshit. It's really good fun. Yeah, but there we are. It's the stat pack brought to you by the playwright Matt Ford. Playwright, author. Um, it's on at the Birmingham Rep to the 11th of March and hopefully transferring to London's West End this year. So we are... Step back. Ramsdale in goal. Got him. Van Dyke. Don't got him. Zinchenko. Don't got him. How do you pronounce his name? Furpo? Fierpo? Junior Furpo, yes. The renaissance of Furpo at Leeds. It's what we do. Uh, Gabriel White. 
And then, I mean, it's all Arsenal. God, Ramsdale, Zinchenko, five of the best-performing players in FPL. Ramsdale, Zinchenko, Martinelli, Saka, Gabriel and White, plus Foden. What a renaissance he's having. McGinn and Ings. Of course, West Ham thumped Forest 4-0 at the weekend. That's why Ings has done so well. Good news, wasn't it? It was for you, I guess. Um, have you seen this Newcastle fan who got the tattoo that... He basically got a tattoo ahead of the League Cup final, 400 quid. It says, tell me, ma, me, ma, NUFC, Cup winners, 26th of the second, 23. Yeah. And then they lost the final. Why would why do you get a tattoo ahead of time? I don't understand what the benefit is. No, but I guess you want to be a, he wants to, be to lift it up and show his mates. So, yeah, I knew I was going to bloody win that. I tell you, I knew I went and had me tattoo yesterday. That's how fucking confident I was. But the, I, 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 I get that. I get that. And that has to be it. But how much benefit does he think he's going to get from that? Because th- that lasts, what, a few minutes? Yes. But also, you you then risk what's happened, which is that you lose and you make say, that's you, what bloody fault that. I told you not to get inked. I mean, there's a million and one reasons not to get it done ahead of time. 400 quid and all it is is just writing. It's not like an ornate tattoo. What do you do then? Do you have the whole thing taken off or do you change just winners to losers? Or do you... Or a cup final. Inverted commas around the word winners. You know, actually the journey and the friends were made along the way. I think we did win that tournament, you know. It's not a great tattoo either. I don't know if you've seen it. I mean, it's sort of curly tattoo writing, but it's, it's pretty well, basic. Well, I'm cynical of it. I think it doesn't even look like a tattoo to me, I think. I don't know. I'm, I was very you know what I do the think... story. I thought, hang on, he's got, he's got a lot of press here and he's in the paper. Mm, do you think he works at Paddy Power or something? That's often the thing, isn't yeah, it? Well, he'll end up being bloody... He'll be, he'll, Starmer will get him. He'll be in the bloody Labour Party next. This is how it works. You know, he's probably not even a Newcastle fan. Yeah, he'll end up being Keir Starmer's head of comms. Yeah. And he'll get a tattoo saying uh, Labour election winners 2025. Working at HMRC winners. in the tats office. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I wasn't cynical at first, but now I think I, I smell the the work of Mr. Power, of Patrick Power's <laughs> evil hand, foul decaying hand in this. Yeah. You, tattoo removal for Newcastle fans. You're welcome. Yeah. You can see the ad. Would you get a tat? And if so, what of? Well, I extended routine on this tour about me getting a tattoo. Oh yes, um, just just for, for 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 the millions of us that will never see the show. Just to, <laughs> just to um, we have to come and see me live. Uh, I'm on tour. Yeah, I, I will get round to it. Twenty four. There's literally no excuse. I'm done with Southend, though. I'll say that three nights in Southend. That that'll do. Have you? Did you walk down the pier? I didn't walk down the pier this time. Last time I was here for two nights, so I walked down the I walked down the coast then to the gig. I didn't go down the pier. There's a little train track goes down the pier, I noticed. Yeah, you know the pier's like a mile and a half long. Yeah. No, I... really long. Get a bag of chips, get an ice cream, walk down the bloody pier. But just on the tattoo, before we come on to South End, if you had to have one, what would you have? Uh a tree. Forest tree? No. The Forestry Commission. I like uh, tree tattoos. I like the uh, I like the roots and the, I like the shape of it. I think it looks good. And as you know, where's this coming from? Oh, I googled them. I like if you look at uh, tree tattoos. I think they look nice. Neat. But you've got to have two tattoos before you can have tree tattoos. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. So I think then the oh, sculpt for like yeah. the birds, and I think you know. Oh my god. 
God, they are. There's something very calming about them. Yeah, beautiful, isn't it? Where would you have it? On your trunk? Uh, um, I don't know where I'd have it. If I could work out what to have, I would have a tattoo. The only thing stopping me is that I, you know, I can't work out exactly what to have. Also, it'd hurt and you'd cry. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Also, midlife crisis. What are you can do next? Get well. I was going to say leather, a, a pleather jacket. Uh, well, yeah. Again, come and see the tour. Motorbike. Yeah, yeah. Come and see the tour. I, I mean, I will see it, John. You know, we've you both know been what, very mate. busy. Yeah, you go and watch. You go and watch your own show. You go and watch Spitting Image live every night and laugh at your own work. Sit there guffawing next to your celebrity pals. Dua Leap has been invited. She's got comps. No comps from Woody <laughs> old Rico and Danny from the FPL podcast. Get bloody Vernon. You guys are welcome anytime. Yeah, guys, Vernon's hot. He's taking over from Ken Bruce. We get Vernon K to tweet about the show. We're transferring to West End. Then I can get Waitrose delivery. That Tesco guy right off. I would never f off the Tesco guy. Yeah, you would. Yeah, guys, uh, we're actually we're actually in the West End now. So look, I just want to thank Tesco for everything they've done. But I will be getting a higher quality tofu now. I think the tofu they do there is excellent. I, I, I'd be amazed if there's a higher quality. <laughs> um, but if forced to have it, if you had to say now where you would have that tattoo on your body, where would it be? Um, I don't like them on legs. I don't like leg tattoos. Okay, legs out. So we're, we're looking um, sort of... <laughs> waist upwards it's got to be much like uh, Leeds United's league position next year top half um, of the okay. championship I don't know I, a part of me thinks it's got to be symmetrical so I'm thinking that the top of the back you know sort of oh yeah we've had neck. this conversation I remember you saying this was, what a dumb rule um, so you like to talk about that. you know the things you like are f- food uh, football and poo yeah. Um, well, there's a news story this week um, that links a lot of your loves. Great. Stadium shocker. We live near a Premier League ground and we hate it. Locals <sighs> living near a Premier League ground have revealed how they're fed up with rowdy fans, with some even pooing outside their homes. On top of having to hose human mess from their gardens and pick up litter <laughs> from streets, West London residents are left battling to find a car park on game days. Michael Locke 66 is one of many who live in the shadow of the Brentford Community Stadium. He said he's endured a variety of issues since Brentford's home ground was built in 2020, including having to shoo away a man defecating outside his home in broad daylight. 4pm. It was like a cow had been there. I had to get the jet washer to sort it out. And when I confronted him, he just said, when you've got to go. And then he got in his car and left. That's incredible. It was like a cow had been there. <laughs> Oh, loose. God, that's disgusting. Yeah. That is so bad. Yeah. And Brentford. I mean, I'm guessing that's away fans. I don't know. I don't know. One one doesn't want to, you know. Well, I, sadly, it's football fans, isn't it? Football fans but, in general. Know, this, is, this is West London. You know, this is at the more genteel end of the football pyramid. Yes, well, I'm travelling to West London myself. So um, I'll let you know what the standards are. I'm... I'm Cheeky little away day today at Stamford Bridge. Oh, lovely. Well, yes, Stamford Bridge is great. Lovely atmosphere. And will you be in the away end? I'll be in the away end, yeah, getting very naughty. Really? I'm looking forward to being called a northern and then insert swear words. Monkey, slag. Yeah, worse than that, mate. Bugger. Call me a northern bugger. You northern bugger. (laughs) You silly sausage. I, I mean, that's just appalling that people are doing that. 
And also, you know, when that stadium got built, Brentford in the Premier League, that part looked, oh, wow, we're in the Premier League, what this lovely yeah. new stadium. Little did they know it was going to turn into some sewage oh, I pit. They knew. I bet it was in the Premier Leagues. I bet, it was, I bet they talked about it. So if we have uh, the away fence coming down uh, Huckleberry Avenue, of course they can shit in the gardens there. Um, if they need to go on the way out. And if we put the fried chicken shop there, they can literally just toss the wings right into those window boxes. They'll have planned all that, mate. They're sat there laughing now. This has gone exactly to plan. And there's Spurs with their go-karting track and the residents of West London are left hosing feces off their garden walls. I mean, what has gone wrong? This, this top six breakaway league, they don't, they don't know how good they've got it. They're in the matter know about football excusing behavior that there is no way if there wasn't a football game on and you're walking down a residential street at 4 p.m and you needed the toilet you would just defecate in someone's garden you don't think the rugby boys would do that no i don't mean i mean sport in general that you're a crowd of drunk people like that i just say yeah. if it was a quiet wednesday afternoon you would think yeah. I can't defecate in someone's garden; I'll get arrested. But with football, you just think, ah, par for the course, isn't it? I'm I'm not sympathising with the guy who did the poo at all. But oh. let's say, how do we know he was a football fan? It could have just been coincidence. This could be a guy with IBS or some uh, situation going on that we don't know about. Coincidentally, the poor guy is in town on match day, and he's got to go. If you were him, what would you do? I'd probably knock on a door and say, look, I'm really sorry. I'm not a football fan, but I suffer from IBS. Can I use your bathroom or something? I, do you know really what I'd good do? Point. I'd take the hit. I would soil myself. I would take it upon no, myself. I would no, soil myself and I would deal with the consequences. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I don't think you would. I think I think option one was better. I think, and I just think, again, we talk about issues on this show that no one else talks about. Yeah. And there's probably a reason for that, but... If you are caught short and you're in a residential area, I mean, I guess these days, you don't know whose door you're knocking on, though, do you? No, you, you've you got to be expecting Careful. them to go there. You know, I, I wouldn't expect them to say yes. I'd expect them to say, no, you cannot come into my house. If if you need the toilet and you're in a residential area, I would say quick scan for what looks like the most genteel house on the street. So look for big dog's paw prints on the front door. Don't go in there. Look for... Um, maybe well kept. Basically, look for old people. I guess <laughs> you might say, "Oh, come in. It's all right. That used to happen to my elf." All right then. Um, that's that's what you're happy to say, is it? Uh, target old life advice. If you can defecate in their house, I think it's top advice. And we have intelligence coming in globally, John, about various uh, neighbourhoods around the world, specifically Gary, Indiana. Dan has been in touch. And he says, I have been to Gary, Indiana, and I'd like to tell you about my experience there. I'd like to hear about this. This is wonderful. He says, I used to live in Chicago and would often have to travel to Indianapolis for work. God, what a cool life. I'd usually drive as it's only three hours away, which is considered a short commute over there. Gary actually borders the south side of Chicago, which, if you haven't heard, is nicknamed Chirac due to the sheer amount of shootings that occur there every day. Oh, my God. I did not know that. He says, to be polite, Gary is a bit ropey. It's not on a par with the south side of Chicago, but it's not far off. It's the sort of place you don't get out of your car. Just keep driving until you see a petrol station or a McDonald's. It's all industrial. There's nothing there apart from factories and petrol stations with the occasional food court. Basically, if you find yourself having to walk around in Gary... You've made a mistake somewhere along the way during the day. Oh, and then he says, do not invest in Gary Splash. 
there's not enough money in the world to polish the turd that is Gary Indiana. Wow. Wow. It says, anyway, I love the show. Stop picking my team in week four after playing my triple captain in week one and wildcard in week three. No idea how I'm doing. I'll let you know when I check at the end of the season. Dan. Oh, oh man. So he's saying Gary Splash. Although, then I think, well, it, that makes me want to invest in Gary Splash because why shouldn't areas that have it a bit harder get international um, podcasters to, to back their BB team? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the sort of thing that you either have to double down and say, you know, you, where where else do you invest if not the places that need it most? And that's that's what Matt and I, that's what drew us, in fact, to Gary, Indiana, is the, the fact that we knew we had work to do there. Or you say, oh, it sounds like we might get punched in the face. Let's not do that. Tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, th- that's the problem with the, uh, you know, we would be like um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. I never know how to pronounce his surname. Uh, I think I've probably got it right. Um, yeah, maybe take out the pause halfway through. I don't think he stops for a breath halfway through his name when he says it. But um, you can't go somewhere and go, look, we wanted to invest in this place because we heard it was a shithole. And we just want to give you a bit of hope. You know, you've got to you've got to find some you've got to find some positivity in there, right? <gasps> oh, John, John, John! Big news: paper rounds, paper yes. rounds, paper rounds, paper rounds. We have had a ton of intel on this. Kev gets in touch. He says, "If you want to include magazine delivery in, in your discussion, should we take that decision now? Do we? No, I don't know if I do. It's not what I asked for." It's like a test institution. I'm sorry we don't have information on paper rounds. Would you accept a magazine delivery service? I agree. What I would say is I'm still interested enough. So we we can't take this necessarily as a measure of what a paper person is paid, but it's still a part of the economy that I think we're keen to shine a light on in this opening plenary. He says, my 13-year-old daughter delivers the glossy Neen Valley Living in Peterborough every month. She is paid between 25 to 28 pounds for the 313 issues she delivers. She thinks it's a great gig. Cheers, Kev. P.S. Tell Fordy all my grandparents are dead. (laughs) Well, do you know what? I... I apologise for my reluctance to accept the magazine anecdote. I think it was valid and fruitful information, and I'm glad to have heard an end to an email that I don't think any other podcast receives. No, I think that's right, and I I think that is what sets us apart. So, uh, Neen Valley Living. Uh, Let's have a look. Let's have a look at it. I've just Googled it. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah, tell you what, it's 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 a lot more sophisticated than I imagined. I imagine it's got some water. weight to it. I imagine it's got a spine. I imagined it to be, you know, what those glossy lifestyle regional mags that have uh, photos on the front. This has watercolors on the front. With the with the news that uh, that gentleman's grandparents are all dead, I'm afraid we have to leave it there. That's all we've got time for this episode. We will be back later on in the week with another. I've got to have a shower. Get down the bridge. You've got to put your shopping away, haven't you? I've got to put my shopping away and head into town. So uh, keep getting in touch on the paper round issue. Hello at cpfpl.com. And again, if you've had a minute's silence or tried to get one, I know it's a bit bleak, but we've got to keep casting that net. We do need those stories. Uh, hello at cpfpl.com. Uh, leave us a five-star written review and we will see you what, next week, I guess. I guess so, yeah. Unless, unless you know, the world finally just succumbs and gives up altogether. But if there's some sort of society worth talking to, we'll be back next week. Bye.